Today on the Inside Scoop, we saw two major QB dominoes fall. It was Auburn's turn to host a big visit weekend. But first, you know where we're starting. Columbus, Ohio with the Ohio State Buckeyes. Just five months ago, Dylan Rayola decommitted from Ohio State. He was the number one QB in the country. And when Rayola reopened his recruitment, Ohio State didn't panic. Actually, they did the opposite. They took a very measured approach to filling their need at the quarterback position. Ohio State offered Julian Sayan. They offered Ryan Puglisi shortly after the decommitment. And they did, but they didn't offer Air Nolan right away. Now, they recruited him as if he had an offer in the business. We call that keeping somebody warm. And it worked. The staff waited until Aaron Nolan was ready to make his visit to campus, which happened last Sunday. He was offered while he was there. Now, that didn't end his recruitment. Aaron Nolan still went on to take a visit to Alabama the following day. But five days later, on April 8th, he made his decision announcing for Ohio State over programs like Clemson, like Miami, Alabama, Arkansas, and Texas A&M. Let's bring on recruiting analyst Sam Spiegelman to talk a little bit more about Air Nolan's commitment. Sam, why was Nolan such a good fit for Ohio State? We're in a weird recruiting class where half of the country's best quarterbacks are already off the board. We're looking at the top 20 quarterbacks in the country. And with Air Nolan, there's only a few left. Um, and Ohio State able to go from Dylan Rayola to Air Nolan. That's impressive for their quarterback recruiting pipeline. But he's an excellent fit for Ohio State. You know, look at the skill players that Ryan Day and Brian Hartline have been producing over the last couple of cycles. And these are first-round picks, multiple first-round picks at the skill player positions. And Air Nolan might be the best point guard-style quarterback in the 2024 class. All right, let's compare Air Nolan to Dylan Rayola. But first, Ohio State fans, do me a favor, like this video and subscribe to the On3 YouTube page. When it comes to Buckeye recruiting, nobody has you covered like us. Smash that subscribe button for me. All right, so here's the tale of the tape when it comes to Dylan Rayola and Air Nolan, both right at six foot three. Now, Rayola has a big advantage when it comes to mass weighing 225 compared to 185 for Nolan, but you trade some of that size for the athleticism that Air Nolan brings. Rayola is a five star, Nolan's a four star, but when we dig a little bit deeper here, you see on three ranks, Rayola is the number one overall QB. And Nolan is the number four overall QB. So really, we're splitting hairs here. Here's what Director of Scouting and Rankings Charles Power told me about what he likes about Air Nolan. You know, he likes that he's a proven passer heading into his senior year. Charles says that he is significantly more productive than Dylan Rayo as a junior, and we definitely saw that. Uh, here's some of Air Nolan's strengths: proven winner, mobility outside the pocket accuracy and reading through progressions. Now reading through progressions can help you with some of that accuracy. Um, Sam, how did Ohio State upgrade their class with the addition of Air Nolan? Get ready for some backwards math. They went from the number one quarterback in the country to the number four quarterback in the country. But look at what he brought to Ohio State. Ohio State is rounding into shape. It's the middle of April, and they have their quarterback of the future. They have two of their stud receivers on the outside ready to go. They have their fantastic blue chip running back, James Peoples, and they're continuing to find momentum on the recruiting trail. So, yeah, they might not have Dylan Rayola, but this foundation that Ohio State is bringing in for their 2024 class um, is starting to look like a very bright future, especially on the offensive side of the ball in Columbus. 
Yeah, and and to Charles Power's point, I mean, Air Nolan is one of the most proven passers at the high school level. When we say proven passer, what do we mean? We mean 73% completion percentage. We mean leading his Langston Hughes high school team to an undefeated season as a junior, winning a state championship, proving at that level, at a high level of competition in Georgia, that he's one of the best passers in America. And that's what he means by Ohio State getting a proven quarterback yeah i mean look at look at some of those numbers and you want to know if they translate 73 percent completion percentage 55 touchdowns compared to four interceptions um what does that tell you that air is extremely accurate he's efficient he's a smart he doesn't rush the football he's careful with the football and he makes smart decisions he also what we see on tape the first play of his tape is he is slinging it downfield against a talented 6a georgia defense um he knows when to be a playmaker he knows when to be a good decision maker um, when you fit him into the Ohio State offense, you see a lot of explosiveness, but you also see, you know, that that go-to performer in clutch moments, given how much he's win won on a big stage already at the high school level. Fifty-five touchdowns to four interceptions last season. That's a heck of a stat. All right, Nolan was commitment number nine for Ohio State, who is currently ranked number three behind UGA and Alabama. Look, Ohio State has a heck of a class now. Whether you rank them one, whether you rank them three, it doesn't really matter this early. But what does matter is Ohio State's recruiting momentum, and right now they are on fire. Now, look at what they've done in the last two weeks. Mylon Graham committed to Ohio State April 4. James People, just two days prior to that on April 2nd. They get QB Air Nolan over the weekend. The Anderson Twins, four, pair of four-star offensive tackles, committed to Ohio State on March 27. Now, I know what Ohio State fans are thinking right now. It's the, the commit list is a little lopsided, right? Only one defensive commitment, and that comes from four-star linebacker Garrett Stover. But momentum is building. Don't worry, message board posters. I told you, I read the message boards. I see people actually complaining right now about Ohio State recruiting. And I know the defense struggled a little bit last year, but they're concerned over whether Ohio State is going to make the same splash when it comes to recruiting the defensive side of the board. It's coming. Here's some big names on Ohio State's defensive side of the board. Five-star edge Dylan Stewart, the number one overall prospect in America. Five-star defensive lineman Justin Scott, the 11th best player overall. Two corners that we talk about a lot on the inside scoop, Bryce West, Aaron Scott, along with linebacker Peyton Pierce and edge Booker Pickett. All right, let's start at the top of this list. You got the number one overall player in Ohio State leads on the recruiting prediction machine. 45% to Alabama's 39%. It's real early in this recruitment. Dylan Stewart visited Ohio State two weeks ago. He's made several visits since he was at Penn State this weekend, UGA the weekend before. He's going to be all over the place, but guess what? He's also going to be back in Columbus. Chad Simmons, expert here at On3, put his pick in for Ohio State last week. Now let's move on to five-star defensive line target Justin Scott. Sammy's the number two-ranked defensive lineman in America, the 11th best player overall out of St. Ignatius in Chicago. Notre Dame leads on the RPM, but are you giving Ohio State a chance for Justin Scott? The way that they're recruiting, you obviously can't count out Ohio State, but this has felt like Notre Dame's Notre Dame's race to lose. But Ohio State is still kicking it, still in the mix, not rolling them out yet with Larry Johnson in the way. All right, Bryce West and Aaron Scott, we can lump these two together. We have been for the last couple of weeks when we talk about Ohio State recruiting. 
The Buckeyes are trending over 90% for both of these guys. Sam, I went ahead and lobbed a pick in for Bryce West. I'm still holding off on Aaron Scott. Have you put predictions in on both of them? Not yet, but I'm uh, I'm not far behind the way that Ohio State's momentum is. It's very real right now, and like you said, it might be coming on that defensive side of the ball pretty soon. All right, another one, another prospect that both of us have now put predictions on is four-star linebacker Peyton Pierce out of Texas. You've seen him a good bit in person. Now, if the Buckeyes land him, what are they getting in Pierce? When you think about what you want from your inside linebacker at the at the college level, you love the the tenacity and the passion that Peyton Pierce brings to the second level of your defense. Ohio State is one of the few schools recruiting Peyton Pierce at a very high level. He was just on campus last month, really connected well with Jim Knowles, Ohio State's defensive coordinator, and James Laronitis, who was recruiting him at Notre Dame and is now back at his alma mater at Ohio State. Um, kind of like you said, we both have RPM picks in for Peyton Pierce to Ohio State, and if and when they land that commitment, that is, you know, talk about the transformation of the defense through through recruiting. Peyton Pierce is the kind of defensive player you want in the middle of your of your defense, roaming sideline to sideline, can get after it in the front seven. It was exceptional in coverage as well. Um, real versatile middle linebacker. Yeah, and that one is trending heavily in Ohio State's favor. We'll see if something happens here soon with Peyton Pierce and the Buckeyes. Another one to watch is four-star edge Booker Pickett. He'll be at Ohio State at the end of this week. He's the number sixth-ranked edge in the country. Comes out of the Tampa area. He goes 6'4", about 205, and he actually reminds me a little bit of former Buckeye Ryan Shazier that, the, that Ohio State also pulled out of the state of Florida. Now, Miami currently is ahead on the RPM here, 37%, but Ohio State sits at 22%. And this is before this weekend's upcoming visit, which will be Booker Pickett's first trip to Columbus. So I think right now, if you're an Ohio State fan and you're wondering where all the defensive commits are, they're coming. And there's a lot of talent on that defensive board that is trending heavily in Ohio State's favor. So, like I said, they currently sit third, but Ohio State is putting pressure on Georgia and Alabama, rising in the recruiting rankings. Sam, thanks for joining the Inside Scoop. We'll continue to watch Ohio State recruiting as they trudge on. This weekend, we saw two major QB dominoes fall as number 20, Michael Hawkins, comes off the board to Oklahoma and Air Nolan at number 10 to Ohio State. Here's a look at the top 20 QBs in America and who's available. Only two QBs in the top 10 right now, uncommitted. That's Dylan Rayola at number one and Elijah Brown at six as we turn the page to number 11 through 20, we have a handful of uncommitted prospects here. 12, 14, and 15. We have Michael Van Buren from Baltimore, Jaden Bradford at IMG Academy, and Isaac Wilson from Draper, Utah. Let's bring on national recruiting analyst Sam Spiegelman to the show. Sam, why do you think a majority of the top QBs in America have already locked into a school? Already. I mean, it's it's the middle of April. Easter has come and gone. And, but these, these guys were committed before the season came to an end. Look at yeah. some of these big names that committed. DJ Lagway to Florida in the fall. Julian Sain to Alabama in the fall. Um, at this point, we're playing catch-up. Um, a good chunk, like you said, I think there's five uncommitted quarterbacks in the top 20 at this point. Um, obviously, Dylan Rayola being the headliner, but um, listen, in, in this in this particular recruiting cycle, quarterbacks have been more inclined to make their decision 
at the, at the tail end of their junior seasons as opposed to the spring going into their senior years. It's just a change in the calendar for this particular cycle. But, you know, we've still seen guys like Jaden Davis and Aaron Nolan continue to stick to their timeline. And Michael Van Buren and Isaac Wilson and Jaden Bradford will follow suit. Um, what this tells me, Josh, is that, yeah, we have um, different segments of the calendar devoted to the quarterbacks, which, which you and I both love. It also leads me to think that we might have some shakeup toward the end of this recruiting cycle when it comes to the quarterbacks. That That is always a possibility, but it's too <laughs> early to talk about that just yet. Over the weekend, like I said, Ohio State and Oklahoma get their guy, get their QB. But a week ago at this time, we were making our predictions. Now, we had OU and Michael Hawkins kind of linked together. We, we thought that's the way it was going to go. It does. But we thought either Miami or Clemson was going to find their QB with Air Nolan. Both teams do not have a premier QB committed in this, well, didn't heading into the weekend, have a premier QB committed to their program. Ohio State gets Nolan on campus, offers, everything changes. So before we take a look at what's next, I need you guys to like this video and subscribe to the On3 YouTube page. I'd appreciate it very much. All right. So what is next for Clemson and Miami? First, let's start with Clemson. Sam, do you think that Clemson needs to sign a QB this cycle? In my opinion, every program should try to sign a quarterback in every cycle. <laughs> it's, it's a foundational piece. Um, whether you're at the NFL or you're building a college football team, you need to start at the most important position. That's quarterback, and that's making sure that the depth chart is you know has your, your starter, your backup, and you have, you have development along the way. And um, Clemson, we, we have talked about this for, for several months because they've continued to miss on their top targets. Um, in the past, they, you know, they, they've gotten guys like Cade Klubnick and Christopher Vizina, but they have missed several times here in 2024, starting with DJ Lagway, all the way down with Jaden Davis, and, and most recently, Aaron Noland. To me, it, it, it points to them either not signing someone in 2024, maybe looking to sign two in 2025, kind of you know, re-bolstering the depth chart, or something that they have not done is gone through the transfer portal. Yeah, as you said, they do have two very capable QBs on campus already that they recruited and signed. But it does seem a little strange for Clemson to be missing. However, I don't know how much it's going to affect their recruiting because they're still in it for a lot of great offensive talent like a Mike Matthews, like a Cam Coleman. They're still in the running for some of these premier guys. Now, when it comes to Miami, they do need a quarterback in this class, and they made a preemptive move before Aaron Nolan's decision on Saturday. On Friday, Miami accepted a commitment from Judd Anderson. He's a quarterback that they reached out and offered about a day or two before. He's six foot six, 217 pounds, out of Gray, Georgia, attending Jones High School. Now, we talked about Aaron Nolan ranking number four in the QB charts. Judd Anderson is number 66. He's the 1,049th best player overall. Like I said, he's taken recent visits to Tennessee, Georgia Tech, UNC. He was at Miami on Thursday, got the offer a day later, and committed. Sam, my question to you is, does it feel like Miami, who only has two commitments right now, they have Judd Anderson, a three-star quarterback, and an unranked kicker in Abram Murray, does it feel like Miami is starting to fall behind this cycle? Yeah, I mean, you know, you never want to press the panic button in April. There's a lot of time to go still on the recruiting calendar. But this is Miami. This is Mario Cristobal. You can close your eyes and find a, a blue chipper somewhere in South Florida. So um, you want to see more than two, one being a, a, a quarterback that's, that's ranked in the 1,000s and a kicker as well. 
Hmm. Yeah, you know, Miami finished with the top 10 class last year. They almost had a top five class, had a couple things not gone their way or gone a little bit differently down the stretch. But now they're currently sitting at about, I think, 58 or 60. And I'm sure all this is a coincidence, Sam, that John Ruiz and Life Wallet has seen its valuation sink by more than $30 billion over the last year. I'm sure it's all a coincidence that they've delayed their 2022 annual report as rumors of lawsuits and bankruptcy swirl. I'm sure all of that is just a coincidence to why Miami only has two commitments right now. But I'm not saying that I think that Miami's class is going to tank this year. I don't I don't worry about that at all. They're going to definitely finish with a respectable class. But is it going to be what Miami fans thought they were going to see every year under Mario, where he's stacking, you know, top 10, top five classes year after year? I find it it's going to be a struggle without that premier QB in the class to finish where they did last year. But you know, we'll see how it all goes and it unfolds. Maybe Miami turns around on the football field this season. I think that could really help them. But putting together an elite class, I think it's going to be a bit of an uphill battle for the Canes. So let's take a look at some of the other teams in the country that do not have QB1 currently committed. They are USC, Oregon, Penn State, Maryland, Clemson, Kentucky, Nebraska, and Arizona State. Those are the primary teams without a QB1. So how do you see Dylan Raiola's decision impacting some of these programs? When Dylan Raiola announces his decision, the two prime, there's, there's three programs that are sitting and waiting. Two of them have not made a move at the quarterback position until Dylan Raiola will, and that's obviously USC and also Nebraska. Um, right now, Georgia is favored on the RPM, and let's say that um, trajectory takes place. Well, they have a quarterback committed in Ryan Piglisi, and we talked about at the top of the show. Um, Ohio State has not stopped communicating with Ryan Piglisi. They've offered him um, after Dylan Rayola decommitted from there. And the communication I expect to continue until he signs somewhere. Let's say he does go to Georgia. USC is still in the, in the hunt for a quarterback. You look at Elijah Brown from right outside L.A. He's, he's been making a, a West Coast swing right now. He's visiting USC, UCLA, and also Stanford. He seems bound to stay on the West Coast. And USC, like you said, Josh, might be just be keeping him warm. On, and then you have the, the if Nebraska misses on their top quarterback target, Dylan Raiola, they have not made a significant move for another quarterback. There might not be a 2024 quarterback that they can even pursue. So maybe they take the direction of loading up in 2025, see if we can get not one, but maybe two blue chip quarterbacks for Matt Rule to kind of take over in Lincoln um, after potentially missing out on Dylan Raiola. Yeah, the QB dominoes are falling. You never know what impact they're going to have until it happens. It's kind of like a big game of musical chairs. Everybody's kind of circulating. Everybody thinks they have their spot until the music stops, and then you see it. So we'll keep following the QB dominoes on the inside scoop. Sam, thanks for checking in with us. Auburn's annual 8A scrimmage was played on Saturday. Fans got their first look at what the Tigers are going to be like with Hugh Freeze at the helm. And recruits also got a chance to see the program up close and personal. And some of the best prospects in the nation showed up on the planes. We're going to get into those names in a second. But right now, Auburn fans, I need you to like this video and subscribe to the On3 YouTube page. It's an exciting time to be an Auburn fan. So hit that subscribe button for me right now. Now, 
Auburn recruiting currently sits at number 13 overall with only four commitments, but not to worry because Hugh Freeze already has a major piece of the class locked in, and that's four-star quarterback Walker White. Having an elite QB already on the commit list this early is a big help, especially for big recruiting weekends like this, and that's why Walker White was in town recruiting. Now, he wasn't the only notable Auburn Tiger in town, so his former two-sports star, Football and baseball legend Frank Thomas. Pretty cool to see him walking around campus. Let's bring on national recruiting analyst Sam Spiegelman to talk some Auburn recruiting. So who was there this weekend? Some big names. Five-star safety K.J. Bolden. Four-star defensive lineman Justin Green. Four-star wide receiver Cam Coleman. And four-star wide receiver and Alabama commitment Perry Thompson. Start at the top with K.J. Bolden. Second visit to Auburn this spring. What's going on between K.J. Bolden and Auburn? And a second visit after he met who you talked about, Walker White, who has been a real face for this Auburn program, and Hugh Freeze's, you know, director of recruiting in his class at the quarterback <laughs> position. But, yeah, Auburn has not been a team very much associated with K.J. Bolden um, over the last couple of months. We, we've more focused on Ohio State, Alabama, and Georgia. But this spring, we know he's been taking visits to, to other programs. That includes Florida State, includes Arkansas, and also includes Auburn, which now two visits. Seems to be picking up. Hey, he's from the Atlanta, Georgia area. That's a hot spot for Auburn. Two visits, including A-Day with, with Walker White helping out recruiting efforts. I think that Auburn is entering this race. Are they at the same level as Georgia and Alabama and Ohio State? Probably not, but they're working their way up there. Yeah, and then we saw Justin Green also on campus. He's really become maybe the priority for Auburn right now on the defensive side of the ball. Now, South Carolina leads on the RPM, but it's close, and I think that this visit for Auburn really gained some ground for them. Green said after the visit, they just showed me the most love, to be honest, and it looks like they're on the come up right now. I like what I'm seeing around here, some very positive feedback. Now let's talk about four-star wide receiver Cam Coleman. He has been an on-three outlier for us, a guy that we're really high on here. Third trip to Auburn in the past two weeks. Cam Coleman also got a new offer from Clemson. He's a two-sports star out of Phoenix City, and he's coached by former Auburn quarterback Patrick Nix. So we talk about a lot of teams with Cam Coleman, but where do you think Auburn stands right now? Yeah, they're they're at the top, top two, top three, maybe. It's it's a very elite short list for Cam Coleman. We know that Clemson is in the mix. We know that Auburn is very much in the mix. Alabama, LSU, and Florida State also hovering around. All all three schools have gotten him on campus a good bit, but he's he's been visiting Auburn quite a bit lately. He's developing a really strong rapport with Walker White. I believe this will come down to Auburn. Clemson and neither LSU, Florida State, and Alabama, but it seems like Clemson and Auburn are sure teams to be at, in, in this until the end. All right. Now, Alabama wide receiver commitment Perry Thompson keeps showing up to Auburn. Four visits in the last six months. Is he a guy? Now, I'm not saying like anything's imminent, but is he a guy that you have on flip watch? Absolutely. He, he put himself on flip watch earlier this spring um, in an interview with, with as you, uh, Chad Simmons, our, our expert here at On3. Um, he put a percentage point on his commitment to Alabama at that point. I mean, when you commit that early, on, it, it almost tells you that you're still going to go through and, and evaluate all of your options for Perry Thompson. That really means schools like Auburn and also Tennessee. Um, these other SEC schools are staying in the mix with the early Alabama commit, but Auburn, like you said, has gotten him on campus quite quite a bit. 
he's putting percentage points on his commitment to Alabama. Auburn is not out of it until they're officially out of it. Yeah, and I'll give you another name to put on flip watch. Again, not saying it's imminent, but Alabama linebacker commit Sterling Dixon, 6'2", 205, out of the Mobile area. He's been to Auburn a couple times, and he was at Alabama just last weekend, and even then said Auburn's sitting at a solid number two. So while I don't necessarily expect anything to happen in the short term, these are two high-profile Alabama commitments that are still kind of considering Auburn, so that's interesting. Uh, like I said, Auburn sits at number 13 overall. So, Sam, what are your realistic expectations for the Tigers recruiting this cycle? It's been almost three cycles now where Auburn has failed to get back of, of top 10 recruiting class. And I think what we're seeing with Hugh Freeze back at the helm and the staff that he's assembled there in the Plains, they are not messing around any longer. They are not going to you know, settle for a top 15 or a top 20 class. This is the Auburn Tigers. They expect to be recruiting top 10 classes. Um, and I think if you starting with Walker White and the targets that they have, look at those targets that we're talking about. KJ Bolden and, and Cam Coleman, they are going to take their swings at the best in the country. And if they even if they come up short, I expect them to be in the mix with, with better talent than they have under the last couple of coaching regimes. Um, I think that's a testament to this coaching staff. And like you said, having Walker White as a face of the program early on, I think they're going to be in the mix for a top 10 class. And I think that we're already starting to see the pieces of that. Yeah, I think that they can realistically sneak into the maybe the bottom two spots, nine or 10. I think they could finish with the top 10 class in Hugh Freeze's first year, which, you know, they're not going to be great on the football field just yet. It's going to take them a little bit of time to turn over that roster and really improve on the field. But in year one, I do agree with you. I think that Auburn could realistically land a top 10 class. All right, Sam, thanks for joining us today on the Inside Scoop. Thank you for watching. Make sure you smash that subscribe button for me. And remember to check out all the videos on the On3 YouTube page.